0: What's up, everyone? I'm Joe Pompliano, and this is The Joe Pomp Show. Today's episode is with Angelo Keeley Angelo is the co-founder and CEO of Kion, a supplement and functional food company. We talk about the science behind amino acids, why building muscle is so important, the future of medicine, and much more. I really enjoyed this conversation with Angelo, and I think that you will too. Let's get right to it. All right, everyone. I'm here with Angelo Keeley, who is the CEO and co founder of STEM. great, Keon man. How are you doing, Joe? Angelo, how are you? I'm doing great. I appreciate you taking the time to do this. Many people know that listen to the podcast for a while now, know that I like to use this as an outlet to just explore my curiosity, right? And I think you're the perfect person to do this. You've started this company called Keon that mostly looks at essential amino acids and has some solutions to that. So before we get into Keon specifically and the things that you guys are working on, Maybe let's start a little bit with your background, because I was reading some of this stuff and I feel like you have a pretty crazy story and I'd love to get into some of the details around how you grew up, how you got into health and fitness and so forth. Yeah, man, absolutely. Well, thanks again for having me on, Joe. I love what you're doing here. I have
1: kind of a quirky, weird entrepreneurial story, I think. I was raised in a family of entrepreneurs, actually like health entrepreneurs. My parents had a health food store. My dad was in the supplement business at a health food restaurant. And so I was just like immersed in that as a kid. My mom was super into fitness. And so just from like the youngest age, we talked about what we ate. We I was given supplements. I was born at home. I didn't go to a doctor until I was like seven. I think or until I was six because I had to get, I had to go to a doctor and I had to get my birth certificate to go to first grade. Wow. So it was like a, it was a very health focused, but also very entrepreneurial kind of small business like environment. My parents are pretty eccentric, very bold. I would say like two of like kind of the most intense people I've met in totally different ways. So from a young age too, I had to figure out how to just advocate for myself, like how to be a big personality, even as a little kid in in a family with big personalities. And, you know, and I think in that environment, there's an aspect of like, you just, you just embrace what your parents give you. Like if your parents tell you, you know, this is our faith, or this is what we believe in terms of business, or this is what we believe in terms of health. Like you just, you kind of go along with it to some degree. So I think I did that, you know, and and, and health was this big part of, of what we did and, and what we cared about. And actually, amino acids were one thing I, my, I remember my mom talking to me a lot about when I was a little kid, specifically because we were actually pescatarians. So we ate fish, but we didn't eat like a wide array of meat. Later on, they changed that when I was, I must have been like middle school. But yeah, it's just in that environment. Like we talked a lot about that kind of stuff, intense personalities. And I think then as I aged, what normally happens now, I'm a father of a 10-year-old and an 8-year-old. I have a 10-year-old boy, so I can like really connect with seeing how he's developing and what that meant for me. You just want to start to learn your own lessons if you have kind of personality like I have. So I I pushed all the boundaries. I wanted to test everything. I wanted to figure stuff out. I, I experimented with drugs and, and social stuff. When I was 16, I took way too much LSD. I basically had a psychotic break and flipped out. And I've not, never been a violent person in my life, but I was in an area with people that were a lot more hardcore than me and they didn't like what i was doing and they basically beat the crap out of me and stabbed me twice in the back and stabbed me in the knee so i had to have emergency abdominal surgery had to have a patella tendon reattached you know it was it was a long recovery it was a many months recovery coming back from that just physically but i think on top of that there was a mental emotional kind of spiritual type of recovery that was required but more than anything at 16 and a half that was like That was my entry into manhood. (laughs) That was like my entry into, whoa, every single decision that I make or every decision that I don't make will directly impact the rest of my life. Now, there's always iterations we can make. There's changes. There's updates. There's ways in which I can kind of redirect my path. But what I choose to do with my time each day, each morning is going to change the rest of my life. And so, yeah, I think that just really, it was a pretty potent moment that I would say definitely has impacted the whole rest of my future up until now in terms of how I don't think how seriously I take life. I still am very irreverent and like to have fun.
0: But how present, man! I want to be like I don't want to waste my life. There's a lot to unpack there. <laughs> but was was that your last time taking LSD? No, it wasn't. No, yeah, it was the last time for a while. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure <laughs> it was last. Yeah, it was the last time for a while. But no, it wasn't. It wasn't the last time. I, I don't take psychedelics now. Yeah. So my other question would be like how that that influence of health around your childhood influenced you as you got older. Obviously, you're still working in the space, so I'm assuming that it wasn't a negative influence, but it can go either way, right? I've seen sometimes where parents can put this stuff on their children and it goes the opposite way and they hate it and they rebel and they do all these different things. It sounds like you really enjoyed it to some degree or maybe learned from it. Talk me through a little bit of a kind of just like the impact it had on you and ultimately what you did for work. I think the way that it played out
1: in me was initially embracing it, just believing what my parents told me, Values around what I put in my body. Values around fitness. And then, as I, you know, through adolescence, I push back, which I think is the natural, normal behavior of an adolescent. In many cases, is to, like to push back. I think following that, when it blew up in my face, and I went back to try to find, you know, what, what do, what do I care about? What is important? It became really apparent, like what I put in my body, how and when I exercise. What other types of, you know, additional modalities, whether it's mobility or hot and cold therapies or things that could potentially affect my physical body will have a big impact on you know, my health overall. But I think I refound it. It was mine. You know, it became my path, not like, the, you know, not my parents' path for me. So yeah, it was enough of a positive thing that, you know, it stuck around. That said, I went in a lot of different directions. You know, I, after college, I really wanted to be like an international businessman. I didn't, I didn't think about being in a health business. It's like, what was important to me at that time was speaking lots of languages, doing business in other countries, trying to make money, trying to make a career. And so I lived in Europe for a few years. I ended up developing my career in India. And after years of that, I came back to the States basically to really to have a family. I was going to get married, have a family. I've done all that now. Tried starting a couple of different companies, actually ended up working in behavioral healthcare for a few years, ran, ran a company there that was probably my, my biggest opportunity to that time. And then I think what evolved in me was, and it's really like, I really want to do my own thing now. I want to make my own company and I need to be into it. I need to be passionate about it. And I think in that way, at the heart of the things that I'm most interested in, nutrition, specific types of supplements, things like protein and amino acids and some other stuff as well was, was something that always meant a lot to me and was really important. And it wasn't like, Oh, I, you know, I wasn't trying to find necessarily this, this hole in the market that was, Oh, here's this perfect, you know, I think back in that time, lots of my friends were like starting apps, you know, like, yeah, the perfect app that would solve this problem. And like, no one's doing it like it more. I thought I like business. I want to build a culture and a team and a company that I really believe in and love. And I want to go to work to work at every day. And what could we do as a business that I can
0: believe in and put, you know, everything behind? So how do you how do you become passionate about amino acids? Right. Like, I think people can think about working out and health and fitness and all that stuff. But maybe we'll start with, like, why are amino acids so important? Yeah, I don't know that everyone
1: should be passionate about amino acids, but I think it's a really important subject that generally everyone if you are aware of it, it could it could really impact your health. And for me, when I think about making products or making services or doing something in the world that creates that creates actual value for people, like I think that's the heart of business. The heart of business is you do something, you create something where someone wants to give you their hard-earned money for it. And it's not out of some kind of marketing or salesmanship or, you know, something else you need marketing and salesmanship to to sell the thing, but you have to create something that people really want. And I think at the most fundamental level, amino acids are. As we talk about it at Keon, the fundamental supplement for fitness. To have a fit body, amino acids are key to that. So here's why. Amino acids are the building blocks of protein. When we talk about protein, we can think about protein that we eat, you know, like a piece of meat or it even exists in in plants. Or you can talk about the protein in your body. What a lot of people don't realize is that over 50% of our solid mass in our body is made up of proteins. That's all of our organs, our muscle our skin, etc. And those proteins, what they're made up of is individual amino acids. There's 20 amino acids that are the building blocks of those proteins. So the reason, the fundamental reason why we eat protein in our meals is to actually help us rebuild those proteins in our body. This is a fundamental difference between carbohydrates, fat, protein carbohydrates and fat, their primary role is that we actually burn those basically to be used as fuel as energy. I'm I'm simplifying things, but their primary role is like a fuel source for us. That's not the primary role of protein. The primary role of protein is actually to help us rebuild our body, the component parts that make up our body. The reason for that is the proteins in our body are in a constant state of being broken down. Your heart tissue, your liver, your kidneys, your muscle, proteins have a certain half-life. And after a period of time, they break down into the individual 20 amino acids again. And then they try to rebuild themselves. But some of the amino acids cannot be reused. You pee them out as urea, basically. So you must eat new sources of amino acids, either as a whole food protein or as a supplement in order to help you rebuild all of those tissues, all of those proteins in your body. So literally, if you, it is, there, there are certain fatty acids that are essential for body function amino acids protein and and truly the essential amino acids so nine of those amino acids and protein are so essential like you literally will die if you do not eat them so to say i'm passionate about it it's like this is the you know this is like basically the source of life yeah water is a source of life but truly these amino acids are the things that allow you to function just basic function but ultimately optimal performance so you start to explore the impacts on muscle and health etc it becomes pretty persuasive that like wow these These are really something that people should be aware of and be paying attention to.
0: Okay. So it certainly sounds important. That was a great explanation. And I appreciate you breaking it down into simple terms, like someone like I can understand. But as someone who only started taking aminos a few months ago, right? I started using your guys' product a few months ago. How was I getting amino acids in my diet beforehand? Good question. You were getting them from protein. So any amount of protein that I ate beforehand would have some type of amino acids attached to it. Yes. And that's how I would rebuild them.
1: Yes. Yes. So uh, if we think about it this way, I'm going to make one nuance I'm going to make one nuanced point and then I'm going to explain how you got how you got it from protein. So in protein, there are these 20 amino acids. 9 of them are essential, 11 of them are non-essential. This is when you eat, you know, when you eat meat. You eat meat, I assume. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So when you eat meat, there's 9 essential and 11 non-essential. The 9 essential ones are essential because your body cannot synthesize them. Your body can't make them. If you eat those 9, your body can actually make the other 11. But a more important part of the nine essential amino acids is that they're actually the active component of the protein. When you eat that protein, you're not just trying to get protein, you're trying to get those nine essential amino acids because those are the amino acids that stimulate new protein synthesis. They're the ones that actually help you build muscle, help you rebuild your organs, help do the core function of the protein synthesis. The non-essential amino acids, you don't use all of them. This is why the quality of protein sources is so important. One, you need to look for protein sources that have all nine essential amino acids and in, in significant amounts. And, and what are those? Whey protein, egg whites. These are like the highest quality, but then it becomes like uh, whole food meats like chicken, steak, et cetera. Okay. Plants do tend to have less of them. Th- there's actually two components to it. So the animal proteins have greater amounts of them, of the essential amino acids as part of the protein, they also overall are just more protein. So when you eat like a plant, you get a lot of carbohydrates and other things in it. So when you're consuming a whole food protein like eggs, you get a lot more essential amino acids and a lot more protein per calorie as well. So it's very nutrient dense for this specific type of nutrient called essential amino acids. Now, even in the case though, of these awesome whole food sources, like Whey, like Whey protein is basically the gold standard for sports nutrition science. And I was trying to understand what's like the ideal protein source, but you can get this from chicken, et cetera. It's less than 50% essential amino acids. It's like 45%. Other meat sources are 40%. And that's of the protein. In addition to the protein, like in a steak, there's fat on it, et cetera. So you get down to where of the actual piece of meat that you're eating, maybe 20 to 30% of it is essential amino acids. So you're eating this piece of meat and the meat has other good stuff in it. It has minerals, it has vitamins, it has it has all kinds of other good stuff in it. But of the essential amino acids, there's a much smaller portion of it is actually those essential amino acids. When you take something like a free-form supplement, like Keon Aminos, it's 100% those essential amino acids. And they're in the ideal exact proportions that have been used in studies for NASA, NIH, et cetera. And when you consume you know, an essential amino acid supplement... For a young, healthy adult, it's two times as impactful for that muscle protein synthesis. As you age, basically every decade after 30, it becomes three times, four times, five times, six times as impactful as a meat because, and that's a meat. That's not like a plant protein. That's because your body has a harder time breaking down the proteins in the meat. Yeah. And as you age, you're less sensitive to stimulating this new protein synthesis. Basically, if you've heard of mTOR before, it's like a fancy... It's talked a lot about in sports nutrition and longevity science. Yeah, yeah. so you're less sensitive to stimulating new protein synthesis. So you can eat a whole food diet and be very healthy and get sufficient essential amino acids, especially as a young person. If you're very disciplined, you eat lots of good animal sources of protein, you minimize other types of caloric intake, and you're just smart about what you eat using something like an essential amino acid supplement becomes that much more important though if you are training for intense physical activities because it's much more effective than protein specifically in those cases. If you're trying to lose some fat because it it does all the stuff that protein does to satiate you, to increase metabolism, to increase your lean muscle mass, et cetera, which helps you get leaner. And if you're aging, why why does it it, uh, increase our metabolism? So when you consume amino acids as a supplement or as a protein, it kicks off this process of muscle, whole body protein synthesis, but really muscle protein synthesis. It says, hey, start building new muscle tissue. And to do that, that requires energy. So thus, even if you just compare eating a whole food protein to a carbohydrate, when you eat that protein, you actually have to burn more calories just to break down the protein. And then those amino acids kickstart this process that's energy intensive. It's energy intensive to build new muscle and to build new proteins. So the amino acids themselves basically kickstart a process that requires energy, whereas like the carbohydrates, they're just either used as fuel in that moment or they get converted and stored as fat. It's not like a, it's a much less
0: energy intensive process. So what I got out of that, right, is like the powders are like essentially option A, option B would be like really good whole foods like meat or something like that. And then it's much, much, much more difficult to get the amino acids that you need from plants and other things that might be lower is there any research I'm assuming there is, or maybe you have knowledge around kind of like where the normal person, how much they're getting up what they need? Like if you're just eating a normal diet, you're not taking any supplements or anything like that. You're a 30 year old male. Are you like 50% near what you need? Is it 20%? Is it 75%? Is there any like research around that? It really varies based off population where you live. Like there's
1: a lot of variation in the diet, but here are the guidelines. So the recommended daily allowance, which is really... The recommended minimum allowance just to maintain basic organ function, et yeah. cetera, like to survive, is 0. 0.4 grams of protein. And that would ideally be like a perfect protein, like egg whites, yeah, like egg, egg protein or chicken yeah. or something like that, per pound of body weight. So if you're a 200-pound guy, you need to be consuming at least 80 grams of really good protein per day.
0: Yeah, that seems low.
1: That is very that – that's That's pretty low, right? Yeah. Ideally. If you want to maintain healthy lean muscle, especially as you age, and to be like a more active person, you really want to be aiming for a gram per pound of body weight. So it would mean 200 grams of protein gotcha. per pound
0: of body weight. And you probably have a little bit more leeway around the type of protein at that point, right?
1: Yeah, you have more leeway, but I mean, I you obviously really want be... it to be
0: good regardless. I mean, I think the only thing you're going to start to
1: see is if you try to get 200 grams of protein per day, and you try to get it from plants,
0: it's going to be tons of calories. Like I, I have yeah. a funny story for you. In college once, I tried to do, for Lent, I did, where I didn't eat any meat. I just, I did vegetarian. Uh-huh. I lost a bunch of weight and I couldn't, I couldn't keep muscle on. And it was strictly because it was really, really, really difficult to get the amount of protein that I needed and eat enough calories basically everything that I was trying to eat, like you can eat chickpeas and all this other stuff. And like, I didn't do it right. I'm sure people are going to listen to this and be like, you're an idiot. It's not that hard, whatever. But I was eating, you know, salads with chickpeas and I was doing like stuff like that. And it's not the right approach. And it was really, really difficult. So I only did it for 40 days and then I got off it. Yeah. So you brought up a couple of interesting points. First of all, I would name you absolutely can consume
1: a sufficient amount of essential amino acids in protein sources from plants only. But it's gonna require eating a lot of plants so then you're gonna eat a lot of calories so in that case you need to be exercising a lot yeah because you need to burn off all these excess calories from the carbohydrates to get the sufficient protein yeah if you're kind of eating a deficit of the calories but you're also eating a deficit of the protein, this is like the number one reason why it's more common in women than in men but yo-yo dieting is such an issue what what is yo-yo dieting yeah so yo-yo dieting for like for is when people go on a diet, and then they stop the diet and they go on the diet and they stop that and they go back and forth. Okay. And basically it's people just trying to like cut calories. They try so that, to like, that's what I did basically they try to like starve themselves, you know, I'm like not eat, but yeah. this is what happens when you starve yourself of calories or you cut calories significantly. If you cut your daily amino acid intake, then you also are going to lose muscle. And here's the primary, mo- this is one of maybe the most interesting things that people should understand Your muscles are not just a primary source of being able to move in your body, like your muscles literally like hold your skeleton together and allow you to like move through space. They're actually the reservoir of other, they're the reservoir of amino acids for the rest of your body. So if you do not consume any protein or any amino acids, your liver, your heart, your skin, all these other organs, their proteins that make them up will break down and you will lose some of the amino acids. 20, 30% will get peed out through urea. If you don't have new food that comes in, new amino acids that come in to help you rebuild those, your body prioritizes breaking down muscle. It actually breaks down the existing muscle tissue, converts it into the amino acids, and then feeds basically the other parts of your body with those amino acids to rebuild them. So muscle is basically the reservoir of amino acids for the rest of your body. So, that was like an optional choice, right? It's Lent, you're trying to make this, you know, the sacrifice, et cetera. But at later stages of life, or even earlier stages of life, you might have an accident, you might get injured, you might get hurt, you might struggle with a disease. And in those cases, suddenly you're not hungry, or suddenly you can't exercise, suddenly it's hard to keep down protein. And in those cases, your body is literally going to feast on your muscle, it's going to break down the muscle to supply amino acids to the rest of your body. And that's one of the most important reasons of why you would want to build healthy, lean muscle when you're younger in your twenties and your thirties, maintain through your forties, fifties, because as you age, it's one of the things that is most closely correlated to reducing all cause mortality. When you just have more muscle mass, it's not yeah. just like not being overweight and obese. It's also having muscle mass that can help you survive the resistance training of some sort and resistance so forth, training right? is absolutely crucial for building muscle and protein intake and specifically essential amino acid intake itself will stimulate muscle protein synthesis
0: and help you maintain muscle as you age yeah one of the things that i always recommend to people that are you know just trying to get healthier or fitter in general is on the flip side of that when the vegetarian side came out during COVID, i i counted the macros one time uh-huh. and that was like life-changing i had no idea what i was doing beforehand right? Like I, you know, I consider myself relatively healthy. I don't eat terrible. I work out. I do all those kind of things. It, it shocked me. Like I wasn't getting nearly enough protein. I was eating too many carbohydrates. The fat was like all over the place. Some days I was eating a ton. Some days I wasn't eating enough and it really just like level set me. And I, I probably did it for like, you know, a month or two months. And it was just like, you know, I'm not going to track this every day, but by that point you have a good understanding of kind of what you need and what you don't. And I felt it literally within a week. I felt tremendously different within a week. And I was shocked at how quickly it, something like that could happen. And I think a big part of it too was the protein because the protein was so off. Like I was, you know, I was eating whatever the minimum recommendation is that we talked about earlier, 0. 0.4 or whatever it was. And when I increased that to nearly a gram per body weight, it was a drastically different feeling and it it enhanced the workouts too, right? Like I felt better afterwards. I was able to gain more muscle and all of those things. So that's one of the things that I, you know, when people talk to me about working out, I'm just like, just try it for a month and see if you can do it and see if you like it. And you'll get a good understanding at the least of like where you are today. And then you can stop, but at least you'll know kind of like what's necessary.
1: I think that's a great answer too. also to your question earlier. You know, is there basically a science or a study on what's the daily protein intake of most people? I would just encourage people to pay attention for a week, track your macros for a week and just see what it is. And you'll get a sense yeah. of like, oh, wow, I didn't realize like that had this much fat or that had this much carbs or that had this much protein and get a sense for yourself about, you know, where you're at and protein nutrition, not only a protein, and then fundamentally the essential amino acids in it, not only help you build and sustain muscle, support you with exercise, but our, our neurotransmitters, the precursors of those are amino acids. So by main t- by consuming a healthy amount of amino acids via protein or via supplementation, will literally help support a more regulated mood. And so many people who I think just struggle with, I'm not saying like really significant severe mental illness, but just struggle with like brain fog and kind of like drowsiness and like not feeling good. You increase your amino acid intake via protein or via supplementation daily. Almost everyone I've ever talked to that's had that experience has re- like, within a week been like, wow, I really do feel better. And it's not better like, oh, I feel more alert, like I drank a cup of coffee. It's like, I just feel better better. Like my, my overall energy, my overall brain clarity feels better.
0: What do the aminos do? So the energy is certainly part of it. But what I've noticed actually is that I can sometimes take it before a workout and it almost acts like a pre-workout drink, right? It's like uh-huh. a- It is. Right? Like it's a little bit yeah, less than is. like, sometimes when I would take a pre-workout drink, you get like jittery, you get kind of like itchy, you get hot, like all this stuff. And this felt like a much more natural way to get a little bit of juice and energy behind you versus one of those drinks or supplements.
1: Yeah. So I think one of the primary, there's 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 several benefits to consuming aminos before, uh, just be clear, this is consuming essential amino acids. So yeah. I, I can endorse you know, my company, Keon, but if you're looking elsewhere, it's got to be essential amino acids. This is not true for branch chain amino acids, which is what many people will see out there. It's only three of the nine. It does not have these benefits that I'm describing. So why have branch chain amino acids become so popular? Because science from 40 years ago, when we first started studying this, it's like, It's taking a slice of the picture and not looking at what the full picture is. So branched chain amino acids are three of the nine essential amino acids. And they're three of the most important ones. But just because they're three of the most important ones doesn't mean that they work on their own and they don't. And the science has shown that repeatedly, repeatedly, repeatedly. But there's enough marketing money behind it that it just keeps getting hyped. And people keep buying and taking BCAAs, branched amino acids, on their own. But they do not They do not work in isolation there. Yeah. They're they're certainly not anabolic. They definitely don't help you build muscle. They don't help prevent muscle protein breakdown. If anything, they potentially are even catabolic and, and provoke muscle protein breakdown. It's isolated studies from a long time ago and people simply not paying attention and looking at what the science of the last 20 years has proven.
0: Yeah, it's funny because I feel like BCAAs have become this huge market that, you know, like a ton of people take them, right? I know a bunch of people that take BCAAs. And my question would be like, why wouldn't you just take essential amino acids versus BCAAs? I think people don't know that. Yeah. Most people aren't there like
1: reading all the science. You get advertised a lot too. So you simply don't know. And to take a more quality supplement, if you take all nine essential amino acids, it is going to be slightly more expensive. Yeah. So you're looking at it, you're comparing two things. It's like. I've done it before. I've compared two things on Amazon and thought it was the same thing. And I ordered the cheaper one and I got, it. I'm like, oh crap, yeah. this thing sucks. It broke. It doesn't work. So it's, I think it's an example of that. It's like, it's buying the cheaper thing that you think is the same and it's not, and it doesn't do it for you, which is, I think it's just a good example of if you're putting something in your body, it's probably one of those things that's worth just researching a little bit more, making sure it's worth it. You know, yeah. The reason why essential amino acids and particularly if you take them in the kind of formulation that they're in in Kion Aminos, works so well as a pre-workout is for a few reasons. One, the amino acids themselves are basically facilitators of the ATP process. So the mitochondria in our cells, which are like the powerhouse that help convert cellular cup it creates it's not create cellular energy but it converts glucose etc into energy your body can use the amino acids support that process and when you're exercising you basically utilize more amino acids than you do when you're just sitting still not amino acids just for building you know new proteins but even just facilitating that process so like an intense exercise you could be you could be burning basically three times the amount of leucine as you typically would and so then what happens is you lower the amount of those amino acids in your blood. And when you do that, a couple of things happen. One is other amino acids, like leucine goes down, tryptophan goes up, tryptophan crosses into your, into your brain via the blood-brain barrier, and tryptophan becomes serotonin. And it makes you sleepy and tired. So through strenuous exercise, you actually change the amino acid levels in your blood, and it encourages the development of certain types of moods in your brain because of the amount of the amino acid. Secondarily, when you burn more of these amino acids, you oxidize them to support the process of energy production, you also have to then break down more muscle tissue to support the need for these additional amino acids. What I was describing earlier, like if you don't eat protein or you don't eat amino acids, you start breaking down your muscle to support your other organs. The same thing happens in exercise because you need more of the amino acids. And when you do that, it basically provokes muscle protein breakdown. So it makes your muscles break down which contributes to muscle fatigue and ultimately contributes to later to muscle soreness, et cetera. So when you consume amino acids before, it basically gives your body exactly what it needs to maintain a more stable brain mood energy levels. It also fills your blood with the amino acids so that you don't break down more than you need of the muscle tissue. So it helps prevent muscle fatigue. But on top of all that, some of the most interesting studies, this is even at young adults, amino acids versus whey protein before exercise creates three times the amount of muscle protein synthesis spike as the protein does wow so it helps you get more out of your workout it actually will help you develop more muscle protein synthesis during the workout so it gives you energy it's going to help prevent soreness improve recovery and it's literally going to like increase your gains it's going to make the activity that you do more worth it by giving your body the exact nutrition that it needs so it's like an ideal workout pre-workout.
0: Yeah. We, we talked a little bit about kind of like why muscle building is so important, especially as you age. How important is, is this for people that aren't doing a lot of muscle building?
1: So when we say muscle building, I'm not thinking about like bodybuilding, bodybuilders, yeah. you know, or like people that are, you know, trying to be athletes or to some degree like that. I think it's about, let's, let's discuss muscle within the context of general wellness. Overall, in terms of general wellness, it is better to not be significantly overweight. Right? There's yep. enough studies that we've seen over many years that if you have a lot of extra fat on your body, you have a higher risk of many different diseases as you age. A very similar thing is true of muscle. People with less muscle have a greater risk of contracting different types of diseases later in life, whether that's different types of cardiovascular disease, metabolic disease, diabetes, etc. So muscle really is this resource for your body that helps you just maintain general optimal wellness. And this is not like being ripped or jacked. It's just like we all should want some degree of lean muscle on our body. I mean, maybe some of the most obvious sales for people though too is like people don't realize muscle is what is one of the prime things that actually regulates your blood sugar levels. You know, it's not good to be really obese. Your, your chances of diabetes are going to go up, but also like having no muscle chances are going to go up. So I would just describe it more in that context. I think, I mean, I could make other specific points around how amino acid intake is going to support overall, you know, organ function, immune function, mood and brain health, et cetera. But I also don't want to like act as if muscle isn't important as this general resource for all people. Yeah.
0: It's, it's important regardless. Yeah. But I am curious on the immunity side, on the immune side, like how does essential amino acids play into that? So this is a more complicated subject,
1: which is, the exact mechanist, I'm being honest, man, like the exact mechanisms of action yeah. that play into exactly like how amino acids support the immune responses of the cell. I don't feel competent enough to speak to like in an improvisational
0: format with you. Yeah, I got you. I respect but that. But there
1: are there are specialists like it's, I could send you like five papers.
0: No, no, no I respect know, afterwards that. that. That describe exactly how it works. Trust me, no one's going to question your knowledge after this conversation gets put out. I think you've uh, displayed plenty of that. Before we wrap up, I want to ask a couple of questions just about like the business itself and, and some of your journey. You're obviously the founder. You've worked on a bunch of other companies before this. It sounds like you're the CEO. I don't know how big the business is today, but like, what have you learned being the founder and CEO of a health and wellness company? My
1: personal journey and the company journey have been pretty closely tied together. And I think some of the main things I've learned are my desire for lots of stimulation I think it's kind of typical entrepreneurial trait. I want a lot of stimulation. I want to do lots of different things. I have, I want, I'm seeking novelty all the time. This idea, that idea, let's do this. You know, it's like all the stuff I'm trying to do. That it is counterproductive in many cases. And that I can actually get a lot of excitement, a lot of enjoyment, a lot of meaning through being more focused and through being more disciplined. And the less that I focus on, and the greater I try to be at that more refined focus, the happier I become and the better the business gets. And that has just been a really good, long, tough lesson for me.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I, I feel like I can relate to that pretty well. I, I suffer from that kind of move one thing to another syndrome myself, but that's, uh, that's fascinating. Where is this space going? I guess is a good question. Like if you look down 10, 15, 20 years from now, my general thought is, right, like health and wellness has become more important over time. I think there's some level of like, you know, be who you want to be. And as long as you're happy, that's cool. But at the same time, more people seem fixated on their health and wellness and and there's more options available. There's obviously new diets. It feels like every week and people are learning about this stuff and research is more available than ever. What do you see as like the general trends? Like maybe we'll start with just kind of like America and then worldwide of around like how important is this stuff, how educated are people getting, how much do they care about it?
1: I think that there's cycles and or like phases that we go through. And what's interesting right now is that things that we knew a while ago, say 20 years ago, 30 years ago, are suddenly becoming popular again. <laughs> Even things like protein nutrition, We went through this whole thing of like, you know, hating carbs and uh, this, you know, all this focus on the ketogenic diet, et cetera, paleo just like all these different fads in a way, and not saying that the, not saying there aren't merits to these diets and that they don't make sense. Yep. Uh, I think there, there, are, there are really meaningful components of probably every diet that gets proposed and gets marketed. That said, in the end, a lot of the stuff is in some ways very simple. There are things that we have known and that we continue to see and to witness that's pretty clear about how important certain types of movement are, how important certain types of nutrients are. And if we focus on those and use those in our life, we naturally will just be healthier. Similarly, I think that there's things that we've known have been pretty clear about behaviorally. Like we can talk about all these supplements and nutrients and and exercises, but if you don't go do them, like it doesn't matter. Nothing's going to change in your life. And I think that technology has, in some ways, like promoted a lot of different people to spin a lot of different stories about what works and what doesn't work. At the same time, it's made a lot of information more readily accessible and easily digestible to people. I mean, even like this kind of conversation, like you can you can hear this conversation, you could be like, wow, that's really interesting. I didn't know about that. You can go Google, it, you can search it and you can suddenly become very educated much more quickly than you, you know, it would have taken you 50 years ago to do that. I think as the cycles go through, like, Trying to figure out the new fad and then marketing it. At, at the same time, there's cycles of people becoming more and more aware and becoming more and more empowered to understand and to research things that I think more people will start to feel more confident about what is right for their body. And they will have the tools and access to just make those decisions. They'll have tools that support them with the behavioral change, whether that's counting their macros and counting their calories or it's Getting some kind of coach that's going to help them train, or it's you know a local gym that focuses on a specific types of exercise that supports them. So I'm I'm hopeful that we're going to become more empowered and more capable of like making healthier decisions. And that may seem you know bizarre when you look at I guess just the trends of like obesity, for example, in our country. That said, I think I think there's multiple trends happening all, all at the same time. So I don't may, maybe I'm just like too hopeful of a person, but that's one that's one major trend that I think we'll see develop. On a whole nether thread, though, I think there's so much happening in biotech, so much happening in AI, so much happening in like just the ability to like bioengineer things, whether that's food sources or that's actual aspects of our bodies and health. I honestly can't even imagine what it's going to be like 20 years from now. I think there's so many things that we don't even know what it's going to to be like that it's uh, it's difficult to speculate. So when I think about from my position of being a CEO of this company. And we're focused on nutrition primarily, we just stay focused on the fundamentals. So like we don't make some kind of new really fancy product that's gotta have some, you know, specialized marketing span with this study, that it's like, what are the food groups? What are the what are the nutrients? What are the sources that have been most proven over time to be the most important and most fundamental for people's health? Because those are the things that are least likely to change.
0: I love that. One, thank you for doing this. This was this was awesome. I learned a ton. I think everyone else probably did too that's listening. And you won't do it, so I'll do it. The easiest way to try the product is get com. I have been using it for several months now and I've really enjoyed it. you know, anyone who listens to this show knows I'm always like not only exploring intellectual curiosity around kind of like what can be better, but also trying a bunch of different stuff. And your guys' product is one of those things that I tried and really enjoyed and have kept using. So if you won't pitch it, I will. Everyone should try it out. keon.com to test it out. And Angelo, thank you so much for doing this, man. This was really eye-opening stuff. And I hope other people can learn a little something, but also take something away and try to implement these things in their own life. Thanks, Jeff. Appreciate it, man. All right, everyone, that's it for today. I really enjoyed this conversation with Angelo. I learned a ton and I hope you did too. I even went back and I asked the Kion team to make me a special code so you guys can get a discount on their products if you are interested in buying it and testing it out. So go to getkeon.com slash Joe Pomp and they'll give you 20% off your order. Again, that's getkion, dot com slash Joe Pomp for 20% off your order. All right, we'll talk later this week.